You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This is Tanya Pingens. Welcome back to You Can't Say That. I'm speaking with Marcia Pendleton, expert in theater marketing and group sales. I see on your resume that you're about to work on the MJ musical. Yes. Okay, now, you know, there was a minute there where it was going away. You mm-hmm. know, I was at dinner with Lynn Nottage, and she was like, yes, I'm ready for my country home. <laughs> 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 and then the documentary happened, and it went away. Are they worried about anything? Are they worried about this documentary, this stuff? Clearly, they're not. They're coming to Broadway this season, correct? They're coming to Broadway this season. It starts July 6th. Oh, they're opening in the summer. They're doing a holler if you hear me open. Yeah. Whoa. July 6th. Long open. So they're coming for next season. And tickets are being sold through uh, 2021. What's that? Uh, Oh, they're selling tickets into next year already. Already. Wow. Already, so this the scandal. They don't care. It's not. It's not affecting them. I have been out in the community recently. I did a, a black book fair for the uh, the Brooklyn alumni chapter of Delta Sigma Theta. I did that on Saturday, and I had the materials there, and they were like, "Wow, I really want to see this." They want to know about the story. Uh, they want to know what music. And I said, I don't know what music it is, but it's 25 of his biggest hits. 25, okay. 25 of, he's of, of his hits. He's got way more than 25. Yeah, <laughs> so it's 25 that we all know, and we go, we are going to be singing. Yes, we will be singing along, <laughs> yeah, so sing don't along. come if that's going to make you uncomfortable. Because yes. we're going to be jamming and dancing, and dancing and in the aisles. And having a, and having a really, really good <laughs> yes. time. It is, uh, so no, yes, there are some people I was working on um, a a project uh, that I produced, and we were sitting in the production meeting, and the, the person said, had some difficulties with the project. And I just said, well, maybe you should come see it. Mm. Maybe you, you should just come see it mm-hmm. and um, make your decision that way. Mm-hmm. There were people who um, would slide up to me, especially in church, and ask me about slave play. Right. What about slave play? What did you think about it? Yes. And I would say to them, you need to go see it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Go see it for yourself, and then we can have a conversation mm-hmm. about it. And then we can have the conversation. I would, And there were people who were ready to protest, get out in the street and protest, mm. and we shut that down. How did you do that? We shut that down. I just said to some of the folks who were getting ready to do that, I said, we cannot do that. We cannot do that. Jeremy has every right to do what he needs to do as an artist. We don't, as Black folks, we don't need to shut him down. Mm. He needs the opportunity to grow and develop as as an artist. He's what thirty? I don't think he's that old. I think yeah, he's like twenty seven or something like that. I think no. I think he just turned thirty. Just turned thirty. I okay. think he just turned thirty. So let's not let's shut not that down. Let's not be squashing anybody's Let, impulse. We can't. I went to a reading of Lynn Nottage's uh, "Crumbs from the Table of Joy." I never saw a production of it. 
but I went to this reading and I said, it's wonderful, but it's nowhere near what she does right now. Mm -hmm. It's nowhere near the Pulitzer Prize winning, Genius Grant Award winning Lynn Nottage that, that we know and love. We need to allow people to grow and develop and not walk in the theater expecting a new a new playwright to have a fully developed fully realized voice because you're not a fully realized well now see I'm a person who love 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 slave play four mm-hmm. times it spoke to me mm-hmm. I loved it um so for me not shutting him down is just more about I hope we're moving into a world where there is a place for every voice. Everybody. Every voice. And I don't have to agree with your voice to respect your right to say it. I mean, I think that we are in the political situation we're in now because of all this telling people they couldn't say this and you couldn't say that. I respect your right to hate me and call me a nigga, but you don't get the job. The, you don't get to be my boss and decide how I make my living. Absolutely. <laughs> and there are, there are some people who have said the, the same thing about... Tyler Perry, the man has a studio, state-of-the-art yes. studio, with it, which is providing work for hundreds of people. Yes. Hundreds and, of people. And funded by the black audience. I think Fall from Absolutely. Grace, which I loved, he, he said 26 million down views downloads in the first week. And, and I was the one black of them. audience made him a billionaire. Yeah, I was and one of them too. I was one of them. I was I was one of them. And so he has this huge contract with with Netflix. He can reach even more people now. I remember when I went to see a conversation with uh Billy Porter and Ryan Murphy at the 92nd Street Y and Billy talked about the fact that Pose now on Netflix, had the opportunity to reach 175 million people. Mm. 175 million people. I nearly fell off my chair because that story is being told. Mm-hmm. That is educating a lot of people. And healing a lot of people. And to healing know a lot of people, absolutely, to you're absolutely right to know that they are not alone, that there is hope, that there is life, that there is love. Mm-hmm. And all of that comes out of Pose. And to see him just blow up like that it has, has been absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see what his red carpet <laughs> look is going to be. I'm like, he is living his best thing? life, yes, Billy Porter. Absolutely, Mr. Billy Porter. Mm-hmm. Who's And if people don't know it, he's also a wonderful uh, writer as director. well. And director as well. Yes, yes, yes. Adore him. Adore him. Now, so... Let's say someone's starting out. Uh, we're not. We don't even at the off-Broadway state. We want to. We're like Marcia. We want to make something. What do you advise people who are trying to the new the new artists Harlem Nines the fire this time? What do they? What should they do? What should they do to get the audience there? You know, because for black people, we don't have institutions behind us. <laughs> we don't have the institutional money. We don't have the institutional resources and funding. How do we start to? 
I think for me, I feel sometimes when I see the things that are produced in the institutions that is of our work, it's not of our finest work. It is of our work that makes them feel comfortable, that's going to make their subscriber audience feel comfortable. So how do all these other amazing playwrights who don't fit into the comfortability mode of the institutions also begin to build an audience for themselves? I would say be every place that you can be. If there is an opportunity for you to table at an event. What's table? uh, Having a table or having a booth at the event. Uh, Having several artists come together and figure out how much they can pay to to pay the fee. Some fees are as little as $35. Others are $1,500. So networking. So networking. Be in the places that that you need to be. Wherever we are, you should be there. So give us some places they need Uh, to be. They need to be with... they need to be with the Greater Harlem Chamber of Commerce to do uh, Harlem Week. There are Harlem Week, we know, is six weeks, not a week. Okay. It is six weeks, and they have 109 events during that period of time. Their biggest events are their street festivals, uh, Harlem Day and a great day in Harlem that attract hundreds of thousands of people or... Um, when they are on, what is it called, um, a great day in Harlem, which is that Sunday, the uh, last Sunday in July, which is at Grant's Tomb. It's it's music, it's fashion shows, it's all kinds of performances, it's vendors, it's everybody is there. That attracts 75,000 people. So would they be handing out flyers? Handing out flyers, signing Do up. Do flyers people. work for people? Yes, Okay. Because pe- pe- there are some people who definitely want some things in their hands. Okay. Definitely want some things in their hands. And also to capture that email information. How do you do that? Um, you ask them to sign up for oh. your email list okay. or you offer them something in exchange for it. Like what? Um, I know that I invested in some fans for, uh, you know, fans, okay, uh, church fans, okay. when it was very hot and people said, can I have a fan? Yes, but you need to sign up for my email list first. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. Or having the opportunity to win tickets to a show or having the opportunity to attend an event um, as your guests, give give something, give something to give people. give something to people. Uh, make sure that um, all of your social media information is out there. Grow that. Um, but even though I believe that we do so much work through through screens these days, right? Uh, I think it is still important to be in the room and to be face to face. Because people will remember that. Mm-hmm. I have spoken with so many people over the years. I cannot tell you how many people that I have talked to about whatever project it is that I'm working on and see them show up at the theater. Also, looking at what your your own connections are. Do you are you a member of a fraternity or a sorority or a church or are you you a member of the National 
action network, connect, make, make sure that you connect with that. And when it comes time to um, develop the audience, just don't depend on whoever you have paid uh, $2 to, to help you get the word out. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to take an active role. If you want butts in seats, you're going to have to work as for it as well. Even with people who have um, who work on Broadway shows, um, and that is considered the the pinnacle of the theater world here in the United States. Mr. Washington still goes on television <laughs> to talk about his project. Um, Blair Underwood uh, and David Greer are on television shows and on radio programs speaking about uh, a soldier's play. You still need to, you still, they still need to do that. They still do that in order to bring people in because if nobody knows you're here, then it doesn't matter what you do. You're, you're not top of mind anymore. Um, and that's where press is very, very important. Now, what do you mean by press? Uh, the publicity um, part of it, our, our, our press agents, making sure that you're not only with um, mainstream media, what we consider mainstream media, but also making sure that you get to blackout outlets. For instance? Uh, for instance, um, Essence Magazine and still Ebony uh, mm -hmm. Magazine. Um, they're, they're all online. Um, Jet Magazine. Jet Magazine. Um, the, um, the Source. The Source. All of those who have gone online. One of my favorite websites is Very Smart Brothers. Very Smart Brothers. I don't even know it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Check them out. Okay. Very, very Smart Brothers. Um, and also Shadow and Act. Yeah. I love Shadow and Act because if you have someone who is primarily known for film and television work, they will cover their journey into theater okay. as well. Okay. So having that kind of information and having someone at the table who can do that is very, very important as well. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So what are the projects you're currently working on? A lot of them. I am blessed. <laughs> I am blessed. It, what we say, blessed and highly favored at this point in time is either feast or famine. Well, yes, that is the way it is in the arts. <laughs> yeah, that is the way it is. Um, MJ. Uh-huh. Blue, mm -hmm. which I'm very, very excited about, which is going to be at the Apollo Theater. Yes, I know. It's going to be at the Apollo Theater. And that's a good thing to put Charles Randolph Wright's piece Felicia Rashad directing, directing Lynn, Lynn Whitfield, Leslie Uggams. Oh, my goodness. To be in a black space like the Apollo Theater is just absolutely fantastic with black lead producers. Mm -hmm. Ron Simons, giving a big shout out yes. to Ron Simons. Uh, so I think that that is uh, very important. And then there are uh, the smaller projects like Parody Productions, Mirrors, written by... Uh, a trans playwright, okay. Azure Lee Osborne. Okay. An amazing piece about a black woman who is gay in the 1960s in the South. Ooh. 
So it is. Um, now, how are you going to get black women to come in to see that? Because we have a little thing about gay. We know we do. Well, you know, we just did a, a cultivation event. Okay. And the room was filled with nothing but older black women. And how did that go? It went very well. They were excited. They brought tickets after really? the event. Really? What, 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 what was the conversation about this homosexuality? Because that's not very Christian. <laughs> <clears throat> they didn't care. Okay. They didn't care. Um, and there were some people that I know who are Christian because I go to church with them. Um, they were about the story. They mm -hmm. were about this person's journey. They were about the fact that they are seeing a woman who is like them, who is middle-aged or older, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to see that. Because, you know, we don't see that very often. Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as you lose your ornamental value, no mm. matter who you choose to mm -hmm. love, um, people have a tendency to throw you away. And that's when... You get better. That, I call a season yes, divas. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and you know what? It's like you be hating them cat calls when you're young, but there comes a point where you're just invisible and you be like yeah. wishing for a cat call. <laughs> yeah, or, or walking in the store trying to buy some shoes and I'm like, isn't anybody going to come over and- Because I got money, okay? I, ha I have some money. I have some money to spend. She don't have no money. She's very cute, but she don't have no money. Uh, so it- <laughs> So um, with 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 blue, it's the with the same thing with um, uh, women who have reached a certain age who are stars. Oh of yeah, the show. I've seen blue before. It's a fantastic. Yes, show. yes, it's a fantastic show. Mm -hmm. But also, so I talked about mirrors and also uh, ongoing projects with with the public theater. Okay. I work with them all year long. Okay. And it doesn't matter. I'm glad to hear yes, that. Yes. Because that audience them. does not look very diverse when yeah. I go down there. I, I work with them all year long. And what people don't recognize is that I have a, I have a code. I have a discount code that really? I will tell people wow. that you can use this code for any of the shows. Well, if you sign up for Marcia's uh, mailing list, you will get a discount code from her. What's your mailing list, Marcia? My mailing list is you can go to walktallgirlproductions.com, click on the mailing list and sign up. And, and sign up. Also work with uh, MCC Theater, New Playwright, C.A. Johnson, all the Natalie Portmans, okay. which is running right now, uh, Jocelyn Beale. Okay. I worked very hard for uh, Mean Girls or the uh, mean girls. School, girls. School Girls or the African Mean Girls play with Nollywood Dreams, which is... Is Nollywood Dreams coming? Yes. Okay, good. I like Nollywood, Nollywood Dreams. Dreams a lot. So MCC is doing uh, but so Nollywood that's, Dreams. You know, I'm going to go there. You There's know, Nollywood Dreams is a fantastic play mm -hmm. and it's uh, authentic African. And I just was disappointed with School Girls. But I understood why it got made. I understood that it was, if, the, if you know, those institutions are choosing between Nollywood Dreams and School Girls, School Girls they're comfortable with. And it speaks to them because it is like the black version of Mean Girls. But Nollywood Dreams is deep and powerful. It's and I'm very, so excited that it's that's going to very, very It's very, very powerful. So um, And funny. <laughs> Jocelyn will tell you she is not going to do a, a play where everybody is sad. Yeah. She wants to tickle your funny bone while also... She, dropping some knowledge on mm -hmm. you about what is happening. She is absolutely amazing. And what I love about 
our young playwrights, some of our, our playwrights, is they're writing for, for television and for film. And I'm, I'm like, wow, this stuff is getting a lot better. And then I realized when I read the credits, they're people that I know. Yeah, well, I'm going to just like, I'm a devil's advocate on that too, because a lot of times they put us in the room because it checks off some boxes okay, and they get some money for that. And then they're, we are silenced in the room. I, uh, I know this to be true because mm-hmm. I know those writers in the mm-hmm. room and uh, it's a hard thing. You know, I, I, I know everybody's been loving on Watchmen. I got about 20 minutes through the pilot and I was done. Done, done, done. I was like, you're showing black people getting killed. Like this is just every day with no context and I was just like, and we didn't have no superheroes saving us when uh, you know Oklahoma was happening. So it was just like the wrong image for me. And then when we got to the black woman, Regina, having the white children, I was done. <laughs> done. Done, done, done. And and we're so thirsty for ourselves that we just want to see ourselves. And we want to we see wanna ourselves see... in every way. But that makes us available for them to just propaganda, propaganda. So I know in that room that um, the women of color really were lobbying hard for that Regina Taylor character to have black friends because black people actually know other black people. Absolutely. They were lobbying hard for that, and they were shouted down about that. And one writer actually uh, got themselves fired from that room because they were like, you know, because— the the uh, the non of color the non melanated writers were like I just don't understand like what what they didn't understand and 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 this writer got themselves fired because they just were like that, they were done with it that <laughs> is unfortunate that's why I that's why I love shows like um, David Makes Man don't know it what is it um, you haven't seen David Makes Man don't know anything about it oh my goodness it is based on Terrell's, um, it is set in Liberty City. Okay. It is set in Liberty City. It's about a young man um, named David who is coming of age. Okay. He's coming of age. Now, you know, I'm critical as hell. You know, I loved Moonlight till one of my, my gay friends broke it down for me. And he was just like, I couldn't stand it. I said, why? He said, why the mama have to be a crack addict? Why the male he got to like got to be a pimp? Why he going to go back and be that fine man is in prison all them years and ain't had his body touched? That body would have been touched a million times. Well, and he going to drive well, across well, the country for that he, man who sent him to jail. He, I was like, okay, I didn't think about all that. He, he wasn't in prison, but you, you cannot take away from people's personal experience. Yes. Yes, so that's people, true. People I, write, I loved it. <clears throat> people write what they know. People write what they know. And David Makes Man is... Um, a wonderful. What show? What is it on? It's on OWN. Okay. It's on OWN. And I also like Queen Sugar. Queen Sugar. Green, yeah. the green, what's that? Greenleaf is a hoot. Greenleaf. Yeah. yeah. It's we got a, a lot hoot. of stuff. It's a hoot. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I know that there are, um, and I also know that people have left lucrative gigs in writing rooms. Because of the very same yeah, reason. Yeah, American Gods. We just lost uh, uh, Orlando yes. Bloom and American Gods. So for the very same reason. Uh, however, there's enough of it that is getting through that allows me. Not enough, but there's more of it. Yeah. We want more. <laughs> to get through. <laughs> there's not enough yet. Um, for me to embrace it and for me to spend too much time. Yes. <laughs> in front of the you television. You definitely get lost in the television. Yeah. So tell us all the things you do, because your agency has a lot of things. So mm-hmm. tell us all of them. So we know we're looking for Walk Tall Girl Productions, Marcia Pendleton. You can help us 
us with? Audience development, which is about building relationships. Okay. Um, it is the point of entry to the work, to the institution, creating creating um, those opportunities for that to happen. Um, it is also marketing, which means that you create the strategies, uh, the messaging that will allow people to open up their pocketbooks and buy the ticket um, right away. Uh, and then there is group sales. Group sales is what it is. Uh, 10 or more, it's usually 10 or more people. You get together and say, we're going to do this evening in the theater. Um, sometimes people want to use it as a fundraiser. So they will come in with 50 people or a hundred people or more and do uh, fundraisers. And depending on where it is, um, if there is a lobby available or a space available or a restaurant around the corner, creating an entire evening for people. So it, it, you, you're creating an event, you're creating an experience. So it's a bit more than group sales because, especially with people who are coming from out of town, who say, well, well, where can I go? What can I do? I have um, a cousin who has, well, it's not a group. I had a cousin who has th three children and she waited a long time to go see, to get tickets, four tickets in a row uh, to see Hamilton. And I said, oh, I know you spend a lot of money for those tickets. And um, she did. And But her, it's kids. Mm -hmm. So I said, go over to Ninth Avenue or 10th Avenue and find one of those diners. And they'll be happy with that. Mm -hmm. And they don't have any problems with walking from. And, you know, those are some, some long blocks. <laughs> Uh, but they're kids and they would have no problem. They were having a good time and they were seeing everything. So being able to share with people where you should go, maybe you want to have a Harlem experience, get here early, um, go to Harlem and check out some of the new restaurants or even go to Brooklyn. Uh, go across the bridge to Brooklyn. I know you say you are from the Great Republic of Brooklyn. That's the how People's, I feel about Rep Bro People's Republic the of Brooklyn. The People's Republic of Brooklyn. I... Um, I'm from Philadelphia. I was born and raised in Philly. I'm still a Philly girl. Um, but I moved to Brooklyn. I initially was in Harlem. And when the sublet was over, I couldn't find a place. And Harlem had become much too expensive. So I moved to, to Bed-Stuy. And I was in Bed-Stuy for 10 years and in uh, Clinton Hill for almost five uh, and I love Brooklyn. That's where uh, I met my best friends, mm. uh, the all the artists that I know, all of the designers that I know. Mm. I met them in in Brooklyn uh, when I was going to uh, hear a church choir. Uh, someone said, "You should come hear my church choir." I went to Emmanuel Baptist Church, heard the church choir, and wound up staying. <laughs> That's your church now. Yeah, wound up staying. I've been there for, for almost 20 years now. And the uh, first lady of my church, she's from Philly, too. We went to the same high school. Mm -hmm. Her father was the mayor of the city of Philadelphia, wow. the first black mayor. So there were um, connections, Philadelphia connections. So Brooklyn felt like home to me, more than Harlem, even though I had... My grandmother lived in Harlem for many, many years, and um, she was at 122nd and Lenox Avenue mm. for so many years. So it didn't 
it didn't feel like Brooklyn felt to me, mm-hmm. you know. So um, Brooklyn is feeling kind of different right now. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Um, but still, um, the people that I call my family and my closest friends are are there, are there. So, so yes. I reside in the People's Republic of Brooklyn. Yes, it is another continent. Mm-hmm. Definitely another continent. Okay. Well, I am so grateful to have this conversation with you. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel it's important people know about welcoming Black audiences to the theater and what you do? I believe that there's work that institutions need to do. Tell us what that work is. Let's be specific. The work is to do anti-bias, anti-racist training. There are organizations that um, that do that. One of my favorite is Be More America. Mm-hmm. So you can find them online. I think that that is important because a lot of people think that they are not, um, that they aren't racist or don't have unconscious bias. But that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not true. So to begin there, to begin there, to begin to dismantle that. The other piece is for us to understand that we can claim space and be in whatever space we want to or need to be in and be okay with being who we are no matter where we are. So that's the internal work that that we need to do. The other piece of that is, is just don't wait until somebody comes to Broadway and to go to the theater for the same price of one Broadway ticket, you can see three off-Broadway shows mm. and go see our new playwrights and support them. Go to um, the Fire This Time Festival and hear people's work for the first time and support them and follow them. People don't become Lynn Nottage or Dominique Morisot overnight. It's a process Mm -hmm. and we need people to support them. So I would say for us, no matter who it is or where it is, it could be around the corner from you in somebody's garage. Go see it. Mm. Go see it. Be supportive. Yes. So we can have that next generation who will be ready when the opportunity comes along and will know how to say no if it's not time mm-hmm. for them to do what they need to do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Marcia Pendleton. You're listening to You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network, and I'm Tony Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and You Can't Say That is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther, with music by Kat Dale. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast highly wherever you stream. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tanya Pinkins. And to learn more, visit BP.
tn dot fm forward slash y c s t. Stay safe. This is Tanya Pinkins. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.